Welcome to Trial by Wine. We take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be. Schmitty, Swanee and Clarky visit crimes and run them through their jury of three, debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate, if totally fictitious, sentence. Please be advised, Trial by Wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. All right, here we are again. All right. Another week. Hello, hello. So good. Hi. So good. How are you? We're good? Great. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, great. We did a little bit of marketplace selling this weekend, so sold off some things that have been taking up a bit too much space and made a little mm-hmm. bit of coin in the process, so it's been a lot of fun. Mm. Marketplace is the best. Is oh, it's Facebook? definitely... Yeah, yeah, it's definitely overtaken eBay and Gumtree, I think, for being able to shift stuff, yeah. And it's way better than the trading post. Is that even still happening? (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think so, but, you know, remember the castle? (laughs) Tell him he's dreaming. Jousting sticks. Now, I reckon he could get jousting sticks on Marketplace. Isn't that up near Ilden? Bonnie Doon? Yeah, they go up to um, Bonnie Doon. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I went up to Ilden again. Because I had a houseboat owners committee meeting, which was amazing. But yeah, it was actually quite a good meeting. And then Tony and I spent yesterday pottering around fixing the power system, which is now operational. Yay! Which means that it can charge my batteries when I'm not there. And then we came back this morning. So yeah, it was lovely though to get away for the second weekend in a row. And then next weekend, we're going up to Swan Hill. We go up on the Saturday. So I'm going to book a room in the library for Sunday, just in case there's no internet in the caravan park that we'll be staying in. Because obviously we'll be recording an episode next week as well. Because, you know, time doesn't stop. No holidays for trial by wine. Yeah, so that was me. And Carla, you had a big week. I did indeed. I can't believe what we've done in such a short period of time. But we flew up to Broome on after the kids went to school on Monday morning, so it wasn't even early. And then we got there sort of mid-afternoon and we waited and then we, we boarded the boat in, uh, you know, Broome Harbour at four o'clock or so. And then it steams out, it's 13 hours out into the ocean. So we went out to what's called the Rolly Shoals and, you know, after being absolutely petrified to start with, because I'm thinking, my God, I can't see land anywhere. You know, there's going to be everything under the sea. They just they just help you. There's like this incredible crew. So you end up snorkeling. Jeremy was able to go diving. Um, I went fishing, albeit, you know, a little a junior version. But it was fabulous. It was a lot of fun. And then we flew back in. You, you go back to Broome overnight on the Friday and flew back up, sorry, flew down to Perth yesterday afternoon. All done. Do you feel rested? I did. And, I mean, I, I probably will once I stop this afternoon. I've, I haven't even unpacked our bags. I've been doing, you know, penance and stuff with the kids this morning. But... It was just so lovely to, um, you know, we haven't really travelled away from where we live because of COVID. We've just really been here the whole time. And it doesn't take long, sometimes Mm. even a couple of days. Like, I mean, I felt good by about day two, to be honest, just to get out of it and to be Mm. looked after was so nice. Every meal, all the cocktails, all, oh, God, it was just, I didn't have to think about anything. just had to turn up. It was a bit like a camp because there were so many things going on. Like, I didn't even get to my book until we were sort of sitting in the lounge yesterday waiting for the flights. But that was what was so wonderful about it. There was just, you didn't have to think, you just had to turn up to do things. And then it was awesome. I really enjoyed myself. Come highly recommended. Nice. How many people were there on board? I think that there were 34 guests and there were 19 crew. So 
Yeah, That's, yeah. You know, there were some people on their own. There were couples. Real cross section of you know people from different walks of life, certainly different age groups. Like the eldest person was in his 80s. His son took him as a, I wouldn't say a last hurrah, but he was in a little bit of ill health. And everybody was behind, you know, dear Jack. You know, they took him snorkeling. They got him to do all these amazing things. It was really moving, actually. You know, there were some younger couples and, you know, people who were professional, well, not professional, but, you know, really keen divers people like Jeremy who hadn't been mm. for a dive in you know 20 years and they were able to help him do that and then people like me who were you know frankly shit scared of being out in the middle of the ocean and <laughs> and have left with a you know totally different appreciation for you know when it, it's done in a certain environment that you know the, what you can see is quite amazing mm. I was saying to Tony because we've been on a couple of big big cruises yeah. and I said oh she went on this boat called True North and it looked like a very discreet, very nice, uh, for me, it looked like fishing, snorkeling, uh, water yeah. activity. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I looked great. Didn't look as good as being on the second story of my house, but of course, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm just they, joking. They but can yeah, land a helicopter great. on True North, so it's a, it's a flash boat. <laughs> so it's not tiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looked great. All right. Now, Paul, what are you drinking? Well, today, um, so we, we had this horrible thing. I think I told you, was it last week, the week before, where we ran out of wine? When I say ran out of <gasps> wine, we ran out of white wine. We have plenty of Prosecco and plenty of red wine, but we had no white wine, which for us is just complete disaster. So we had to go and, and buy some wine from, um, I don't know, Uncle Dan's or whatever it was. Anyway, so then I got an emergency dozen from a local winery and Stuart bought an emergency dozen from a local winery and then our four wine club memberships turned up. So now we are <laughs> drowning in wine and, and we still have a couple more uh, wines to be delivered. So we're, we're back stocked up and everything's good again. But we're having a, uh, a Pizzini Veduzzo. So this got delivered during the week and it's very delicious. Just to give you, it's an Italian varietal. But the last little bit I like, hang on, let my eyes adjust. Uh, what is it called, Clarky? It's called Veduzzo, so. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking it's like Maria Venuti. Oh, yes, Venuti-zo. Um, A Maria Venuti. <laughs> is she the one who died <laughs> in the boot or is that a different Maria? Oh, I didn't know that she was dead. She had very large bosom and oh, uh, she no. used to be a sort of like on all those variety shows. She yes. Victorian Timmy? Larger than life Italian lady. I don't know who yeah, it is. I know the name. Yeah. Nah, not ringing a bell. I was thinking of Maria. Oh gosh, I really Port, hope she sort of I didn't know. No, she had, I was thinking of someone else who was murdered. <laughs> Different story. Oh, so, fair enough. Right. Our, our Veduzzo is a complex full body drop featuring bold floral aromas um it's delicious anyway that's that's Lovely. what i'm drinking how about yourself and carla well I, I haven't got one in front of me but if i did and it's not actually wine but i did discover a new drink that i really liked and i'm going to get the the stuff now that i'm back and have it so i can have it at home and it's called a ginger ninja and what it is it's like alcoholic ginger beer from a i think it's actually from a brewery in broom do you brew ginger beer? I guess so. So it's yes. called Matzos, mm -hmm. and they put it with dry ginger ale. No, that's not right. They put it with gin. That's wrong. That's wrong, wrong, wrong. So the Matzos dry ginger ale, which is alcoholic, with gin. 
Oh. And it's fabulous. But I thought that it had <laughs> Prosecco as well in it. So when I went to chat with the bar girl afterwards and I said to her, oh, my God, they're amazing because I'd had three. I'd like to make them at home. And I said to her, oh, so it's got the Matzo's ginger beer, gin and Prosecco. And she said, it doesn't have Prosecco in it. So God knows how potent it would have been if I had have added that to the mix. But that's what I would be drinking and shall be drinking when I well, get back on order it. in. Maybe next week you can do one of the ones with Prosecco and one without. Yes, I think I'd probably only need one with Prosecco. I think I'd be, because uh, it was quite potent. Anyway, mm. it was good. And it, it worked, mm. it's a way I could drink gin. <laughs> it's your turn, Schmitty. Just to, yeah, so um, no, I don't want to tempt fate or anything, but um, I'm enjoying another Captain Morgan, the old Uh-oh. pirate juice. Yes. And yes, it's all back. just about how back the pirate. <laughs> It's all about how fraught Paul's story is (laughs) as to how I managed this. But, yes, I'll tell you my favourite joke, pirate joke. Go on. Pirate says, where are me buccaneers? The other pirate says, either side of your bucking head. But a chum. But a chum. (laughs) My favourite pirate joke. Good one. I'm here all week. So, shall we introduce ourselves? I'm Schmitty. I'm Swanee. And I'm Clarky. And, and together, together we, we are Trial by Wine. All right, so Clarky, I believe you have a story for us. Well, yes, as it turns out, I do. I'm going to I'm going to share with you a couple of little moments that cropped up during my week. That I think you know we we are Trial by Wine. We like to come up with some unusual punishments and. As luck would happen uh, twice during this week, something just came across my uh, life that has some very interesting punishments. So just uh, if you'd like to bear with me, I'll share a couple of stories with you before we get stuck into the main event. So the first one popped up on Facebook of all things. Uh, it's a news clipping from a paper. Unfortunately, it doesn't say what paper it is. The heading is Thief Tastes Bitter Failure. And it's from Auckland. So uh, the offender has yet to be found, but the punishment admirably fitted the crime, police believe. An elderly couple camping in a mobile home at an East Coast camping ground were awakened by a noise outside. Thinking nothing of it, they went back to sleep. The next morning, it was apparent a potential potential petrol thief had tried to take their fuel. Happens a bit, not a lot, but happens a bit. Um, But as the police magazine 10-1 reported, the thief got more than he or she bargained for. On the ground... (laughs) On the ground, by one of the mobile home's tanks, was a pool of vomit (laughs) and a siphon hose. Also lying on the ground was not the cat from the fuel tank, but the cat from the mobile home's sewage holding tank. <laughs> like that is the best oh my God. punishment for someone trying to <laughs> siphon petrol out of your tank. Oops. Sewage. That is vile. <laughs> yeah. So keep that one in mind for future criminals that we have to sentence. That's a great punishment. No, it's it's funny because uh, in this houseboat thing, the whole conversation is about. Uh, the legislation coming in about grey water. So there's a lot of discussion about sewage and poo in these. Uh. <laughs> and, so, and, and the poo barge, which yeah. is the barge that 
actually yeah, pumps all the poo out of your tanks. Yeah, it's so disgusting. And the guy who was, I told, told you before, Professor Sumder Milner. Sumder Miller. How did you say it? Sumder Miller, thank you. It's yeah. not actually his real name, but our professor, our resident professor was talking about how one time when he was there and he uh, took it off and, and he noticed about a litre of sewerage just leaking out. And I was like, oh, yes, I've seen that before. So fortunately, I wasn't siphoning it nor accidentally yeah. drinking it. I can oh. imagine how utterly disgusting that would have oh been. Oh, my God. So punishment does fit the crime. So, yes, I think keep that one in mind. Uh, now, this one is one that uh, literally happened, uh, this is from, published on the 3rd of November, so quite red hot uh, as we record. And there's a couple of sources, so Nine News, India Times, and good old Lad Bible. I don't know if you've ever gotten onto Lad Bible, but it does have some pretty <laughs> trashy stories. I love stories. Lad Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it goes a little something like this. Um, a man's disfigured body has been recovered from a lake in Brazil. The 30-year-old was fishing with two mates when they were swarmed by a group of bees. So you're, you know, on, on a river or a lake uh, attacked by bees. Apparently the men were fishing in the lake and their boat hit logs, causing the beehive to become disturbed. In an effort to get away from the attack, they jumped into the farm lake in the municipality of Brasilandia de Minas Minas Gerais. I am going to absolutely ruin any kind of... Uh, Nailed what? it. Nailed what? it. Did I? Portuguese. Any, any foreign language, <laughs> I will ruin. And, and be, bear in mind, my next story is from Malaysia, so this will be a, cor- a common theme throughout today's episode. But uh, just sit back and enjoy it. Estoras de Min... Estados de Minas reports the two friends managed to swim to safety. However, their pal couldn't be found. The fire department was called to help find a bloke and an officer was about to dive into the lake when they were told it was full of piranhas. (gasps) Oh my God. The body was eventually found four metres away from the shoreline over the weekend and authorities could immediately see the carnivorous fish had made a meal out of him. Newsbreeder reports the fish tore open several parts of the body and tore open the right side of the face. Authorities were initially uncertain about whether the man died as a result of drowning or whether he was feasted on by the fish. I feel like either way he was feasted on by the fish. However, it was noted that the young man was in a boxer position, which is a typical position for drowning victims. Apparently, I googled that. I could not see any evidence of it, but... Let's go with it. Uh, so the man's body was eventually handed over to his family so they could perform a funeral. The South America's Amazon River Basin is home to about 30 species of piranha who are terrifying fish that sport razor-sharp teeth and are known to be able to easily rip through flesh. Apparently, attacks on humans are extremely rare. However, they can happen when people get into unfamiliar water. Imagine that. You're fishing. I used to have a terrible fear of piranhas as a child. I still have a terrible fear of piranhas. I know, but it's and not like they're going to be around in like Australian water. But I remember being very aware of piranhas as a child for some yes. reason. Was that because you saw the film Piranha? Because I did. Well, and I it terrified didn't watch me. Because I probably never watched anything that was a horror movie, but I would have been aware that it was around if people were talking about it. So possibly. It's like Cujo. I was also terrified of that yes. all dogs had rabies. So yeah, probably. St. Bernard's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, there you go. You're affected. Like Jaws. 
um, terrified of yes, of course, the sea yeah, as a result. For sure, Which basically, just don't get wet. What's happened over here? Or... Mm. Yes, Port oh, Beach. Oh no, another one. Yeah, Port yes. Beach, North Beach. We're still looking oh. for the man. So yes. just that one. Oh, that one. so this guy, this guy got like just just to confirm, he got multiple stings from bees, which are extremely painful. Jumped in the water and then got eaten by piranhas. Like you couldn't have a worse day. That's exactly. Oh, but he also right. may have drowned in between. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and maybe drowned. <laughs> he he might, might have been a triple threat on when yeah. he's dying and piranhas. I mean, what are the likelihoods of those things taking you out? May, may or may not have felt oh. any of the piranha nibbles. May have felt every single one of them. I Who hope knows? Yeah. Oh God. So I, I just kind of thought, you know, like we, we often talk about obscure punishments and I feel like we could actually make that a, um, if we had obscure punishment world as a like Disneyland kind of thing, that could be one of the rides where you go fishing, you get attacked by bees, you then end up in the water and then you <laughs> may or may not drown, but you'll definitely get eaten by piranhas. <laughs> I like it. All bases are covered. Yeah, like depending on the severity of mm. the of the crime, you make it to the end of the ride. You may only get part way through and get pulled out just in time. You may just lose a leg. It needs a little, you know, a catchphrase, a little name like the Brazilian. Um... Just leave it at that. Yes, because <laughs> you, you you'll end up bare. You'll end up bare by the end of it. Those piranhas will do that to you. Oh, stop. <laughs> Right. Anyway, so they're just a couple of little stories I thought I'd share with you before I got into uh, the real thing. So while you're while you're contemplating the most macabre theme park ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think we could add keep adding to that. Um. Anyway, so today's story comes to us from Malaysia, and it's about a lady who is named Mona Fanday. I've got a little story to play for you first, not a little story, a little song to play for you first. And we're gonna, gonna incorporate it into a game and I'll give you the first little bit of the story before we get stuck into the song and then we can play the little game. Okay. So Mona- I'm already tense. You're already <laughs> tense, did you say? I'm tense. I'm tense. Yes. <laughs> Jeepers. Okay. Well, so All right. I'll, t- I'll tell you a little bit about... Have another sip of your rum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So I'll give you a little bit of uh, background. So Mona wasn't her real name. So her real name was uh, Mazna Ismail. And she was born on the 15th of January, 1956 in Kangar, Federation of Malaya. And from an early age showed an intense passion for singing, dreaming of one day becoming a famous singer. In the early 1970s or early 80s, she met and married Mohammed Noor Afandi Abdul Rahman, who promised to help her become a pop star. Shortly afterward... That was just one person? Correct, yes. <laughs> yes, with a very big pause in there, yes. Just I could, to clarify. I, I could take a deep breath and try to say it all in one if you would like, but... I'm try- if you wouldn't mind, let's see if we can get through it before okay. passing out. <laughs> Just bear in mind, I'm trying Go. to concentrate, <laughs> breathe, and say words that I don't really understand. So hang on, we'll, we'll give it a go. My time. And, I also, and not trying to be culturally inappropriate as well, of course. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. That, That's a very tight rope we have to that, walk. That, that cultural inappropriate bit I'm not struggling with so much. Um, so anyway, she met, <laughs> <laughs> she met and married Muhammad Noor Afandi Abdul Rahman. Well done. Got it. Yes. <laughs> uh, so he, he promised to help her become a... We'll call him Mo for sure. <laughs> yeah, Momo. 
No. Um, so he promised to help her become a pop star. Shortly afterward, oh. Mazna changed her name to Mona Fandy and with funds from a Fandy, released a studio album titled Diana. During her time as a singer, she also made several television appearances. But unfortunately, and you're going to be shocked when you hear the song, she was not successful in the music industry. This isn't that recording of, um, it was something like Malaysia's Got Talent or Someone's Got Talent and someone sings... Um, you're thinking of Ken Lee, aren't you? Mariah Carey. I can't leave. Ken Lee. Yeah. Ken Lee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do Yeah, but it was Ken, Ken Lee. Lee. It's not Ken it's Lee. Like... No, no, but that is absolute <laughs> okay. gold. I just knew, I knew where you were going with that. So, um, anyway, let's play Diana, but I want you to just hear a little bit of the song. We'll maybe give it, you know, 30 seconds. And after that, we're going to play a little bit of a game called Guess This Singer's Crime. Now, there is nothing in <laughs> okay. there is nothing in the song that will give away the crime, but I'd just like to do it as an experiment and see if you can uh, somehow manage to be psychopathic about it and guess the crime, okay? So yeah, here, okay. here's a little bit of Mona with Diana. Friday, Friday, can't wait till Friday or whatever that yeah, terrible song that's was. That's Sunday. And it's not um, Gundam style. I think it's fair to say that Muhammad or whoever her husband was was not Simon Cowell when he was going to get her into the music business. <laughs> yes. He's <laughs> got Malaysia's Simon I'm, Cowell. I'm, I'm no, I think you're on the money there. Guessing he overpromised and underdelivered on any uh, commitment to get her to be a star. Perhaps. So, so now you've heard a little bit well, of... Why is, why is she dressed? She seems to be wearing a tie around her head. Uh, is she trying to be like Rambo styling? Yeah, yeah foxy yeah. 80s, like, you know, um, let's get mm. physical, that kind of headband. Or, mm. or, or a little right, bit of right. either that or um, Malaysia's version of Danny Minogue singing This Is It. Remember she was dressed up like a yeah. pineapple <laughs> on the beach? Vaguely, yes. <laughs> There's a, a little bit of similarity, right. although I did like Danny's song better. Anyway, there you go. Yeah, I didn't really like Deanna. Deanna! That first one's a little bit scary, I think. Just comes out of nowhere. So, anyway. <laughs> it's very haunting. I think that was a word that did come to mind. Haunting. Yes. It's like, oh. <laughs> yes. So, so Is given... a lady name in Malay? Well, I wondered if it was about Diana, Diana, uh, as in Princess, Princess Diana. Diana. Princess. Her, um, as opposed yeah. to what, Dirty Diana? As opposed, which could also be the same person. We don't know. There is nothing to say True. that Michael Jackson didn't write that song about Diana. 
well, nothing, Maybe he, yeah, nothing perhaps. in front, nothing in front of me right now. There's probably a whole lot of fact that would say <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> but yes, nothing in front of me right now. Anyway, so now let's play the little game. So, what is the crime? Do you think? Hmm. Fraud. Fraud. Right. Oh, that's deep. Yeah. Well, she's certainly not much of a singer. <laughs> a fraudulent fraud going singer. on. Yes. I like it. Yeah. I like your logic. Yes. Did we know if the song was recorded before the crime or after the crime? Uh, definitely before. I'm just trying to listen to her state of mind when she's singing this hauntingly beautiful yeah. song. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> this is when she still thought that she would be the next big thing or, or maybe hoped that she'd be the next big thing. Oh, so this is pre-crime. Okay. Um... Bank robbery. Bank robbery. It's interesting, you know, because there are kind of elements of both of that in this story. So I, I'm going to go with well done to both of you. Neither of those are the crime. I thought I was thinking on the lines of sort of money and stardom, maybe somehow, you know, trying yeah, to get yeah. some you're, you're, ill-gotten gains. You know yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Well, you're both on the right path then. However... That's not the crime. She, neither of those are the crimes she was convicted of, but she definitely, in my opinion, committed both of them. So, so now you've heard Diana, great song. So after that, great un, song. Uh, unfortunately, she was not successful in the music industry. I know you're both shocked, but you know we can move past that. So the couple were forced to look mm. for other means of income. So, I, you know, I've, I've tried my hand at being a pop star. I can't do that. So what I'm going to do me being Mona when I say this, is I'm going to become a Malayan shaman and a medicine woman uh, because witchcraft is popular in Malaysia or, or certainly was at the time. So, Schmidt, yeah, this is where yeah. this is where the fraud... Do you call that like a pivot or is that, is that a, in terms of career paths, is that what you go from pop star to shaman? I, uh, that, I don't really know often... That makes perfect sense. I'm... No. I'm <laughs> Both performance, they're both performance based. Yep, I'm white. You know, and there's a lot of wailing. There's a, there's a lot of wailing in shamanism. I'm sure. So, I can see it. I can see the connection. So, um, I'm just wondering. It's a really good question. Maybe we should go back and look into um, the career advice you get in Malaysia because maybe that is a an actually a well known career path. Maybe it's complete 180. I, I don't know that, but happy to go with either at this point. But Schmitty, I guess it's a little bit like, you know, where you have the pop star, actress, model in Malaysia. You have the pop star, shaman, whatever. Exactly. Just, you know, oh, God, another one. Oh, she'll be an influencer next. You yeah, know? that's right. Oh, that yeah. old chestnut. Was she, what, was she the trailblazer? Oh, influencer. Yeah, was she the trailblazer <laughs> or was she the follower? Who knows? But... Absolutely. I think that's a, I think that's an ad. She's been paid for that one. She yes. doesn't really believe in that product. <laughs> that's oh, no. right. Oh, no, no. Yes. So anyway, uh, she began offering her services. And when I say her services, I mean her shaman and medicine woman services, for those of you with a dirty mind, to many wealthy and powerful clients, including high-ranking politicians. Wealthy clients would pay large amounts of money for the couple's services, gaining the mass wealth very quickly, with the two purchasing several mansions and luxury cars. So I'm going to go with that's the fraudulent bit. What were they doing? 
They were, they were obviously. Yeah, I agree. What yeah. does a shaman do? Sorry, just remind they me. They cure them. Well, I don't know, but I I have heard other stories about Malaysian shamans, and I think Sorry, they shaman. like create spells. Yeah, it's that, um, that sort of thing. Like love potions and things like that. Oh, okay. yeah. They're a witch, witch doctor. doctor. Don't, okay. don't yeah. the shaman also sing Ebenezer Good, or was that a different band? He's good. That's it. Oh, is Ebenezer good? Was that the shaman? That's it. I had the single. Did you? <laughs> yes. Is it the shaman really? Are you, are you checking it? It must have been from like about 1991 or something. Yeah, yeah. Ebony's are good. Oh, my God. Is it the shaman? It was. It yeah. was the shaman. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Not the Malaysian shaman or the Malayan shaman, just no. the shaman. Oh, I thought they were English. They were actually a Scottish electronic dance band. So there you go. There you go. I would have said English. There you go. But... They were Scottish. The Scottish Charmin. Right. So um, as you were saying, she, she left the music business and became involved in spiritual witchcraft activities and was known to be a bomber, maybe. B-O-M-O-H. Bomber. So she, right, she okay. began offering her services to clients, mostly from the upper class society. She also claimed to have provided political clients in the ruling UMNO party. That's actually, when you read it, I thought it was a card game, but it's not you know, it's um no <laughs> party with a variety. Um no. Um no, thanks. I don't want your shaman services. No, no. Uh, you know, actually must have all said um yes. So she, yeah, so she claims to have... Can I ask a question? Sure. Can, sorry, Clark, you're coming back to the career path. I know she's made a pivot. Where do you study? Do you... Uh... Do you go to TAFE or uni for your shaman <laughs> studies? Where do you where do you pick yeah. up your qualifications? Seeing as though she's been able to charge such a large amount of money straight off the bat, it's not Oxford. Uh, possibly we don't you offer it. Get the knowledge. It's not it's not a course that TAFE TAFE don't offer. No, no, it. it'd be more like something where you visit a spiritual master in the Highlands at a temple. And you have to, you know, eat witchetty grubs and yeah. um, chop your way through brick fences yeah. and stuff to. So um, it's not a long. You know. not a long and choose you know, some drugs. You have to, you have do have it to. quite quickly, by all accounts. Take some drugs. Yeah. Like if you say, you know, get in touch with the spiritual like, world. You know, you, I'm doing my boogly you do eyes. Wax on, wax <laughs> yeah. off, paint the fence. Yeah. You know, all those sorts of things. <laughs> That's and there's it. Jedi That's mastering not. there as well. Yes. Radio, sir. Mm, mm. All right, so sorry. Good, good chat. So yeah, so she she's apparently provided the um no party with a variety of charms and talismans. <laughs> so it was reported that Maslin Idris, also known as our victim, was a state assemblyman for the constituency of here we go again Batu Talam in the state of Pahang. Pahang. So he wanted to boost his political career and sought the services of Mona for assistance. Oh, now, I must say at this point, if you've only just joined us and you're from Hobart and we're talking about the services of Mona, it's nothing to do with the art gallery. <laughs> anyway, so Maslin was educated in the US and was an ambitious politician from the ruling UMNO party. And I've just realised what it stands for. So it's called the United Malays National Organisation Party. All right. Um, no. Okay. Not the United Malays <laughs> Young environmentalist society party which would be the um yes party um yes <laughs> that would have been much better <laughs> right okay it's going quite well so far uh at, at that <laughs> so at that time 
<laughs> Sorry, God. At that time, Mona worked with her husband, Muhammad Hi. Norafandi Abdul Rahman, and he was 44, and their, and their assistant, Jeremy Hassan. A, yes, Mo and Ju. Mo Ju. It should be Mo Jo. It should be Mo Jo. Yeah, they, remember they had, uh, you know, expensive properties and stuff, so it's working well for them. They were big. They were they, big. They, yeah, they were big. They were busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She must have been very And that good. is the danger with most of these businesses. Overnight success. That's right. Too much growth. It can be very yeah. dangerous for your business model if you're not prepared for it. Yeah, Mona was a shaman and her E's were good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Mona and her husband promised to help Maslin by giving him a talisman consisting of a cane and sputney. A what? A cane and what? <laughs> I don't know what it is, uh, but your face was funny. Yeah. So it, it says S-B-A-T-M-I. So I'm just saying that's S-P- pronounced Sputney. Oh. S-B for oh, bad pronunciation. A- don't Sput me, Sput you. Spat, like S-B-A-T-M-I. M-A? M-I. M-I. It's headgear. M-I, yeah. Mm. Right. Ironically, if you if you say it backwards, it's I'm tabs, which sounds a it little does. bit like the E's were good. <laughs> but anyway, they were going to give him a talisman consisting of cane and sputney headgear, which was supposedly owned by former Indonesian President Sukarno. Mona convinced Maslin that he would be invincible if he held the talisman. In return, Mona demanded uh, 2.5 million What's that ringgit. worth? About 60 bucks? 28. You're going to have to Google that one for me. I, I did actually... So 28 no, bucks? No, I did. 28 I, bucks. No, I, I did actually look great. at it and um, I don't think it was that bad. It was, it's like reasonable money. Let's maybe look, like you know, know, 20% or something. Ringgit. Maybe Do you more. convert... She's on, what is it? Currency I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And, um, uh, and shamantalismanvaluation.com, which is also known as Shaman Marketplace. Shocky bastards. Oh, it's quite a lot of money. Yeah, it yeah. is a lot. Did, yes. Did you say, you said 2.5 million, yeah? yeah? That's $813,568.25. Yeah. Well, she... And that comes to us courtesy of uh, currencyconverterx.com. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, in return, she demanded 2.5 million ringgit. He paid the couple 500,000 ringgit as a deposit and gave them 10 land titles as surety for the remaining 2 million wow. ringgit. So, like, it's, you know, it's all legit. It's all happening. They then had him come up to their home uh, where the three of them were because they had their assistant because, you know, in any good shaman ritual, you need an assistant. So an appointment was made for cleansing rituals to be performed at Mona's house. Maslin was told to lie on the floor face up while Mona placed flowers on him. She then told Maslin to close his eyes and wait for the money to fall from the sky. Yep. Fair enough so far? That's how it works, yeah. Yep, that all makes sense. Can you picture the assistant as some (laughs) sort of... Like, like, you know, in a reality TV program, there's always, like, a little gay assistant who's running around, you know, oh, really stressed and getting a little bit of drama to it all. I could just imagine. Ah, yeah. Oh, yes. my God. We've got to yes. make this perfect. I've got to get it now. The guy with Bird Newton, Belvedere. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's either that or it's like an yeah. Igor one where he, you know, drags a leg and has a, a horrible hunch and, you know, there's got to be some kind of oh, stereotypical I, I'm imagining her like sort of Rachel Zoe with him being like Brad Goreski where he's <laughs> running around. Oh. <laughs> so um, if you were in that position, how long would you wait for? For the money to fall? Before you kind of went, the money's not falling from the sky. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm in someone's house. I've got all the time to wait. I, hour and a half? I don't know. <laughs> I would assume it would take a while. Are they putting on the drinks? Probably depends how good the ease were. Was he there alone? Or they sat there waiting for the money to come from... Yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, look, uh, you know, the, the, the question is kind of... It's a moot point because... But there uh, was a roof. Whilst he's lying there waiting for the money from to fall from the sky... It's on the roof outside. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But while he's lying there waiting, Jeremy, the assistant, using an axe, chopped Maslin's head off. Oh, my God. I wasn't expecting to go there. Oh, Jesus. That escalated quickly. The little camp assistant oh, that I had in mind was God. not where, oh, no, he wasn't going to do that. He was running around, <laughs> yeah. like, matching outfits and making sure they looked fabulous. How did we get yeah. to this? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, it, it escalates so quickly, so quickly. And literally, I, I Google for ages trying to find out what else could be in there to fill that bit out. There is nothing. Yeah, chopped his head off. And then... Was that, so, sorry, was that planned? Well, oh I'm assuming God. so, yeah. And we'll, we'll get to the... Right, right, right. So they said, yeah. just, yeah, just yeah. shut your eyes, oh wait yeah. for the money to fall, yeah. and we'll just cut your head yeah. off. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, God. No. But also, it makes no sense. You've been really successful with this business, conning people, frankly. Why would you suddenly just go, you know what? Let's just cut someone's head off. Note, note to self, just, if I anyway, ever go to visit call. a shaman and they say to me, lie down and, and wait, say, Close your wait eyes. for the money to fall from the sky, get out. No, Run. No, no. Run. <laughs> Run. Run, Forrest. Exactly. <laughs> Run for the hills. Um, so, uh, yeah, so they chopped oh, his head off. Jesus. And then also dismembered and partially skinned his body. His body was found in 18 oh. parts buried in a storeroom near Mona's house in Pahang. Oh, yeah. What is it with you and yeah. stories with people who are being skinned? Well, like, it, it started off as a good little pop story, you know? If, if, if only people had bought <laughs> her album, yes. we may not be in this spot. Exactly, exactly. Coming back to my sources, so our friends at fact, our factandfictionfandom.com report that Maslin was killed due to the fact that the land deal he arranged had collapsed, but the trio still wanted the money. Ah, uh, right. Okay. I feel... Well, that does make more sense than I'm just doing a normal bit of shamanistic behaviour and I'm just going to cut your head off for I, no apparent reason. I'd, li okay. I'd like to think that there was some step in between, though, where they actually tried to get the money out of him because if, mm. if, it had, if the mm. deal had fallen through and he couldn't give them the money, I wouldn't go up there for the shaman experience. So it must have happened somewhere... There must be a little bit more to it that... Yeah. Anyway, that's up to them to work out, I guess. Uh, so, he, and, and this is where, Carla, your bank you robbery know. comes into it. So he was reported missing on July 2nd, 1993, after withdrawing 300,000 ringgit. And shortly afterwards, an investigation began. 
The police had no decent leads until they arrested Hassan on unrelated cha charges. So Hassan's the assistant, the, your little gay boy who's in his sequin pants trying to make sure... Hassan, chop! The blood doesn't spatter oh whilst gosh. he chops someone's head off. That's a big assistant, isn't it? not really sure. Give him a head cut the head off, didn't he? Didn't, didn't the assistant do yeah. the head cutting off? Yeah, that's why I was thinking I might thought be more Do you remember that? But there was a character who went around going, Hassan, chop! Hassan, oh, chop! No! <laughs> Wow, they were ahead of their time. <laughs> they were. Um, they were. Do you think or, or maybe that's where they modelled it on. If they'd asked for 2.5 million and then he said he'd give them 500 plus the land and he was only getting 300,000 out of the the bank, maybe that's why they thought they had to chop his head off. They, he wasn't bringing the money to the party as agreed. But, the, oh, it's God, a very good question, but the 300,000, yeah, it's a lot. Cutting him up into 18 parts, I thought, was also a bit excessive. I know, they're the so completely mm. So unnecessary, yeah. It's it's those little gay boys when they get that, you know, that so much stress that someone's got to pay, and I reckon it's, that's what's happened. Mm. Maybe not. Uh, anyway, so... But, I mean, I, I don't know if you'll go on to say this, but, like, who was the mastermind? Was it Mona or Mo? Was it the husband or was it her? Yeah, so, well... Well, I don't assume it wasn't the assistant. I'll tell you a little bit more, and then I don't think we're going to get that level, but you can work it out from there yourselves, I think. So so the police had no okay. no decent leads until they arrested Hassan on unrelated charges. Thinking he was being arrested for the murder of Maslin, Hassan confessed to the entire case, including the location of his body. <laughs> Boom. Oh. Ouch. Yep. Poor little kid. Oh, what was he being arrested for? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but so the, the day after the killing, Mona went on a shopping spree in Kuala Lumpur, or KL as we like to call it, uh, and later bought herself oh, yeah. a Mercedes-Benz and had a facelift. So, you know, that that's, Car that's Carla, your kind of, <laughs> your guess at the crime, I think. Get the money and live the high life. And Schmidt, oh, yes. yours was the, yours was the fraudulent down. shaman. How much time between them taking the money and her... Because a facelift takes a bit of time to organise. Maybe, maybe she booked it in. It's Malaysia it's too. weeks or months. They might do walk-in facelifts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, KL. Maybe she paid the COVID <laughs> on her facelift. Yeah, earlier. She was booked in for surgery. Mm, maybe, it, de yeah. it depends on the extent of the facelift too, whether it's just a quick slash and dash thing or, you know... Um, slash and burn. They, like, <laughs> grab it by the grab stock of the head and the... chop off the slack. Yeah, that's it. That's what Patsy from AdFab had. Uh, all right, so... Yeah, but to be fair, I reckon I could, do, I could do with one of those. I keep pulling my neck back, going, yeah, it's time. Then become a shaman. <laughs> well, chop someone's head off. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. going to be Schmidt's yeah. problem. Uh, she ain't going to fail. But just, just in yeah. case you or any of the... Uh, just, oh, that was sweet, Stuart. Because we're, we're not 100% sure just yet whether this is also <laughs> part of the same career path that Carla was exploring earlier. So is it, you know, pop star, uh, shaman, murderer? Like, or is it just pop star? Maybe, maybe the shaman's a bit additional or maybe, you know, the, the murdering is where she started trailblazing. But anyway, just for anyone who is wondering <laughs> about that. When I worked for CPA Australia. Yeah. They had this whole this whole kind of rubric type thing set up where 
you would answer some questions and it would give you advice on where your career needed to go and what training you needed to do. Maybe there's like a whole one of those for this career advice. Oh, let me see. I'm just going to plug in failed pop star. Oh, not a problem. Don't panic. But there's still options. You know, what is... Yeah, what's the statistic now? You know, you have five or 10 or 20 careers in your life. Don't worry about it. You can go on down and become a Sherman. Oh, that sounds good. That's not really working out for me. Don't worry. You could be a murderer. (laughs) That's the obvious next choice. (laughs) I reckon that's exactly what's happened. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So It's the only thing that makes sense to me. So if anyone does get that as career advice, I'd just like to go into the next little bit, which will help you... Um, will hopefully deter you from some of the career options that uh, Mona's taken on. So the three of them were tried in the High Court in 1995, charged with murder under Section 302 of the Malaysian Penal Code. Penal Code always makes me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And the the crime carries a mandatory death sentence. So things aren't looking so good now. Her career's probably a little bit more dead than it was after Diana. So the trial was... But a, she... So probably the opposite. Now she probably has a level of infamy that she never had before, so she probably quite likes it. It's funny you say that. It's funny you say that. The trial was a, a media sensation. Mona and Afandi were an attractive couple in their late 30s accused of a gruesome voodoo-related murder. That's the first time that I... Is that when Craig McLaughlin wrote the song? Yes. Hey, Mona. I realised it was about a Malaysian murderer. I tell you, Mona, what I'm going to do. You don't want... (laughs) Cut up your hair and... Such a musical episode, isn't it? Don't build a house next door to Mona. Mona. Voodoo Mona. Mona. (laughs) So... Mona had a penchant for wearing expensive outfits to court each day. Unlike most people on trial for their life, she always had a smile for the media and seemed to revel in the attention. Oh. I think we can say Mona. Yeah, she's a media whore. She's a whack job. Yeah. (laughs) I bet sales of Diana went through the roof. (laughs) Diana! So the case lasted... We're doing a re-release of... Edit. Yes, with a Couple little of 12 bit of inches and... no, uh, mid-90s grunge yeah. thrown in. So the case lasted 65 days. Couple of cuts of uh, Bugs Bunny in the middle. Hassan, chop, Hassan, chop. <laughs> yes, exactly that. So it lasted 65 days and heard evidence from 76 witnesses. The prosecution told the court that money was the motive for the killing, Carla, and pointed to the shopping spree, the facelift, and the Mercedes. Jeremy, also known as our gay assistant in hot pants, testified against Mona and Afandi and revealed the gruesome details of the murder. Ooh. So I'm feeling like he's not the mastermind if he's testifying against them, but it did say that he chopped the head off, so he's fairly involved. He had to have a good reason. If you find yourself in an intern position and someone asks you to do something that you think, should I? Should I? You know, don't don't get a machete. Don't cut someone's head off. Just quietly leave. That would be my advice. Walk away. Don't make eye contact. (laughs) That's it. Leave through the merest exit. No, just... 
Um, Get out of but, town. But you, yep. you using the word intern then makes me think that perhaps that's how you become a shaman, through internships rather than going to oh, maybe, yeah, TAFE. Yeah. Work experience kind of thing while you're at school. Yes, yeah. on-the-job training. I don't think it's – I agree. I don't job. think it's an apprenticeship model. No. I don't think it's a TAFE thing. No, you can. I think it's more likely an internship. You're right. Then but it would help if you, if you, if your family knew who you know, not what you know. You've got to get in. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, it is. The thing is, Paul, when you were, when you were talking about what were they, the the headdress? What was it? A, a spat me. Spat. Yeah. Yeah. So, in the world of TAFE, there is a thing called an spat. <gasps> no. Spat. And it's a school-based. It's, it's a school-based apprenticeship no. training. Right? And you're going a spat me, and I'm like, it sounds like an spat with oh, the me at the end. Yeah. So maybe it is a TAFE program. I'm just not aware of it. There's anyway, a, there's sorry. A, there's a new opening <laughs> for you right there. Yeah. Wow. A new product. Yeah. An old spat me. Old spat. Yeah. Um, all right. So, <laughs> a, a fundy who is the husband, in his defence said Maslin owed him two million ringgit for a magic cane, talisman and traditional hat said to have belonged to former Indonesian President Sukarno. Mona testified that she also gave talismans and charms to several other UMNO politicians to boost their popularity with the electorate. <laughs> Goodness. It's such, a, it's such a quality story, isn't it? Oh, it's just... <laughs> no, sorry, it's the UMNO thing. I just... Oh. As the pirate juice has kicked in and I've relaxed a bit, uh, um, no, it's just no. making me laugh. Sorry. There's, there's every chance I'm offending <laughs> people culturally. That's not my intent, but sorry. It's just, it's literally my ignorance. Of... Do we think that, um, had they handed over the cane? Yes. Yeah, yeah. They had supplied their side of the bargain. He yeah. just hadn't paid yeah, yeah. what was agreed. So someone has the cane formerly owned by former president. Sakana. Yeah, Sakana. Sakana. yeah, yeah, yeah. which Sakana. made him invincible. Turns out it didn't really work because when you take a machete to his neck, it's not invincible. Yeah. So I'm suggesting that that talisman was shithouse. Fraudulent. Did the assistant say that they had just lured him to the house to murder him? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's what they'd done, yes. It only took the seven-member jury just 70 minutes to reach a unanimous verdict of guilty against all three defendants. So Effendi and Mona smiled when the foreman of the jury delivered the verdict. Makes sense. Batshit crazy. They're psychos, aren't they? Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Woohoo! Yeah. What? And Jeremy's counsel, Kapil Singh, told the court that his client was only 24, unemployed, and of low intelligence. It's funny, it's funny <laughs> because that's it. It's not funny. That, no, that's it's it. That's it funny. for the paragraph. I feel like that should be, and therefore, you shouldn't. We should be nicer, him. like be kind to him. Yeah, you could. You, yeah, you could send him on the <laughs> piranha ride, for instance. Some bee stings. Yeah, a couple of bee stings. He's got anaphylaxis so, from. Yeah, it. yeah, that, that could be fun. And if that take his take his chances with some bee stings. Yeah, with a, if yeah. it doesn't with a work, just epi-head. rock the boat and chuck him in there. Feed him to the piranha. <laughs> Why not? So the judge then asked them if they had anything to say before he passed sentence. And Afan, D and Mona replied that they would leave that to the discretion of the court because they literally don't care, I think. They're just weird. So there's, there's nothing to try to defend themselves. Just going, ah, whatever you guys reckon will be fun today. 
I got I got my Mercedes. I got my facelift. I'm all good, thanks. We'll roll with it. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm famous. I think yeah. more importantly for her, I'm famous. I got my yeah. fame. Mm. Maybe also I have my mm. spat me, and I'm in, I'm invincible. So do what you want, mate. I'm not giving it back. I'm a bothered. Exactly. I'm a bothered. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it didn't work. Didn't work for the other guy. I'm anyway. A, I'm a bothered. Is my face bothered? <laughs> not bothered. No. Not bothered. That's right. So he then passed the death sentence on each of them, that they be taken from court to a recognised prison and later be hanged till they were dead. What was the thing to a recognised prison? Yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> not just to a... What did she, was that one of those stipulations? It's like, it needs to be a brand of prison that people are going to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a famous <laughs> prison. Yes, yes, exactly. I want a recognised prison. That's been my request. I want one with good me oh, media coverage. Yeah, that one. yeah, yeah. It's got to have good media coverage or I won't yeah. go there. <laughs> and Wi-Fi. Must have Wi-Fi, but immediate uploading. So after hearing her... That's right, because she's an influencer. Exactly. <laughs> so after hearing her sentence, Mona said, I'm happy and thank you to all Malaysians. She was, pho <laughs> she was photographed smiling as usual as she was led from the court to prison. Uh, so their appeals were heard uh, in June of 1998. Uh, all three appeals were dismissed and the death sentences upheld. In April 2001, the Pardons Board turned down their pleas for clemency, leaving the way clear for their execution. Ooh. Do you want to hear a little bit about their executions? You know, we like, we like to explore the gruesome sometimes. Why not? Why not? Sure. What else are we going to... Oh, we should, we should, you know, round it out. What else are we going to do? Well, they've chopped someone's head off and cut yes. him up into 18 pieces. Yeah, they've got to get something. And, and, and really, like, if you... If you're Respect one of, the victim. Yeah, and if you're one of our listeners, you know, stuck in traffic listening to this, you know, you could be listening <laughs> to talkback radio, you could be listening to drive time radio with unfunny jokes and annoying hosts who laugh too much. Why not just hear a little bit of Mona and, and her story? So what would Alan Jones say? Exactly. He would say something like, you know, stick a sock down her throat or uh, make her eat out of a chaff bag. Yeah. Anyway. Kill the fuckers. Let's make a... What are those things called? Let's make bagpipes out of her lungs. <laughs> Goodness, that escalated. That sounds very Alan Jones. I, just, I, I literally just made that up on the spot after your gruesome statements, but I figured it might work. Um, the things I said were actually quotes from what Alan Jones said. Oh, it doesn't surprise me. I, I can't stand the bloke, so... No, I don't. Me neither. Anyway... It was your talkback radio. I hate, and by the way, I hate talkback radio. Anyway, go on. Yeah, because they always talk back. Just shut up and listen. <laughs> That's the problem with society. No one wants to listen. Mm. The hangings were set for dawn on Friday the 2nd of November 2001. So just gone 20 years ago. Oh, yeah, this week. Yeah, yeah, in Kajang Prison. Hopefully that's uh, famous enough for Mona. It's recognisable. That's all yeah. oh, that one, yes. Yeah, yeah, I know I remember it. Remember that one? Oh, that's quite famous. I know yeah. it, yeah. So on the previous day, uh, Mona and Afandi were allowed an eight-hour visit with about a dozen members of their families. It was reported that they spent their last hours advising their children from both their own marriage and their previous marriages to grow up 
to be good people, unlike us. I feel like they didn't say that bit. But. Do you think it is a an indication of regret, or you just think that they're just nuts and just saying whatever? I, I reckon uh, in other cases it might be uh, a bit of regret, and you know, don't don't do what I did. Be good people. I feel mm. like Mona, when she says grow up to be good people, really means grow up to be media whores and be famous. Yes. <laughs> if you're not okay. famous, you're not good people. Right. Use this platform we've created for you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Do <laughs> what I don't waste it. Yes, don't, don't use it. Only I could have been as famous as this when I was your age. Exactly. I tried desperately through an unsuccessful singing career. Now I've paved the path for my own family you're made now you people you're made be good people we have catapulted you into the spotlight choose wisely young padawan <laughs> so there was lots of crying and hugging uh blah 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 it was also reported that mona had said that she would never die just because she was executed oh there you go um that's why she's never really been that bothered uh, she was 50 bucks says you will. Special, yeah. Um, it, oh, well, maybe that's a religious statement. That, I, I, that might say a lot about faith. I, I can't remember what uh, source this came from, but literally the next sentence is, it is not known what she meant by that. I feel like it's not known okay. what she meant by most okay. of what she says. Thank you, Malaysia. Thank you. Probably, but um, yes. I'm going to hazard a guess that they're Muslim and so they have a thing about you know an afterlife or something an afterlife thank you yeah, yeah. no <laughs> i believe they have something you know like christians about faith about afterlife and she's probably referencing that but you know you're right who knows what she's talking about because she's cray cray well elvis presley's still alive so you know so is mona hey, mona. mona has left the <laughs> building oh, mona oh, mona it's normal practice for the condemned mm. prisoners to be given food of their choice for their last meal. However, this offer was declined. Uh, apparently, according oh, to prison sources, they were very calm, saying very little and requesting nothing in their last hours. Um, as, as it turns out, and, and Schmidt, you may... It was very early in the morning, though. Yeah, it was dawn. But, you know, you get the last meal before that. Yeah. But... You know how sometimes yeah, right. you do your research and you might have had a, had a wine or two or whatever... I do specifically recall seeing something about KFC in there, and I can't. I, w I wish I could have found that again <laughs> to see whether they actually did request KFC or whether they said hell no to KFC, or whether maybe I just felt like KFC at the time. I don't really know, but I, there was definitely something. Popcorn uh, chicken. That is very non-specific. Popcorn chicken. KFC. I'm betting. Could have been popcorn I, chicken. Probably know, not right? a zinger yes. burger. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just a couple of No ways. you got to have at least two coffees and your morning poo. I definitely would have gone for the Zinger Burger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you... I reckon, though, no, uh, uh, oh, well, now, now I'm getting into punishment, so, and, and it's not even real punishment because we don't really even know if they wanted that, but if she did want a Zinger Burger, I'd probably send her an original recipe one just to piss her off as, as part of the punishment, but that's another story. The three were given a meal of uh, KFC the night before. Yep, you're right. Yep. Oh, really? It doesn't yes. say whether it was a singer. Oh. Yeah. 
Doesn't mention whether it was a zinger or popcorn chicken, but it was caves. <laughs> I don't know. Did they have potato and gravy? Did they go the coleslaw? Don't know. <laughs> no, that'll go straight through them. <laughs> oh, it's so inappropriate. Oh, who cares? Everything's going through them. Have you? When, when someone dies, they defecate. You know, they're shitting regardless. Don't worry. I know. So you wouldn't want the hot and spicy, would you? I, I just feel like she's sitting there going. <laughs> I would. Now I've made it. Oh, my God. I would. If I was going to be executed, I'd have all the Indian, I'd have all the spicy food so that whoever has to clean up after me, <laughs> this, this is my final, my final statement. I'm just going to shit myself badly when I die and you have to deal with that. There you go. Take that. Spicy. If only it was the person who sentenced you that had to clean up your mess, it's probably some poor underpaid, Yeah. you know... <laughs> Don't care. At that point, if someone's executing me, fucking I don't care who has to deal with it. I'm just leaving it there for them. Yeah. Take that. Take that, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, you're not going to start apologising. Look, I'm really sorry in case that gets a little messy afterwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, sorry. I had some cabbage followed by some kimchi and then I had oh. some spicy whatever the hell makes me shit a lot. Sorry about that, guys. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, but no good chat, though. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that that's really it. I could explain to you a little bit more about the actual hanging, but you know, you've probably seen Game of Thrones or movies oh. where people get hanged, and it, it's all much the same. But the last little bit I would like to um to give. <laughs> not much of a muchness, I think my mother would say. Yeah, that's not right. much of a you muchness. Know, there's a little a little bit of kicking and thrashing, and someone gets no oxygen and oh. breaks their neck, and that's it. Oh. Uh, anyway, so if I'd like to think, I'd like to think in a modern execution, the neck is broken instantly, and that you you don't kick and thrash and oh, choke to death. Well, you're supposed to. Well, I think even if you die by hanging in this day and age, you're supposed to just have a broken neck immediately. Are you? Oh. And and if you have a broken neck immediately, yeah, yeah. does it stop your kicking? Who's setting that rule, Schmidty? Yes, that, it would stop. Well, you may have some nerve thrashing, like a chicken, but oh, you're God. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there may be some nerve thrashing, but I believe that uh, the modern hanging is the breaking of the neck. You're meant to die instantly, pretty much. When when what demarcates the line of modern hanging? Is that something that's that oh came yeah in the, no uh, no well sorry recently? yeah I I cannot tell you the exact I year. Know, color, I, I know I know where that was. There was a period of time. Oh dear, yeah, when was the advent when of modern nurses. Hanging? Yeah, no, no, nooses used to just literally choke you out and people would, you know the thing about people hanging onto your legs and pulling you down to yes. actually uh, kill you, basically. They weren't. Do they were doing that as a kindness. In, in modern time, and Paul apparently knows exactly when that was, but in modern times they've perfected the art of hanging people so that the neck will break instantly so that you are not torturing a person. So oh, the execution's okay. not meant to be torture. It's meant to be just expediting you... To shuffle off your mortal coil. Sorry, Paul, what were you okay. going to say? Carla, hanging went to modern hanging around the same time as love went to modern love, which I think was in the <laughs> early to mid-80s. <laughs> Maybe with, was it David Bowie? Modern love, yes. Modern love. Modern love. Yes. What's beside me? Modern love. What's on by? Modern love. Gets me Modern to the church on time. 
Modern hanging terrifies me. <laughs> I think that's how it goes. Oh, yes. Anyhow. So that's that's when modern hanging came about, I believe. So the last bit I've got for the story is uh, that uh, there has been a movie released, uh, and I must say that it is loosely based on the story. For those interested, it's called. And I'm going to get this wrong too. Dukun, maybe, or Dukun, D U K U N. <laughs> which, if you spell it backwards, is naked, which could be um, someone being knackered. You're knackered. Or, or it could be that they're. You're knackered. You're knackered, exactly. Like it might this. be that. Go get knackered. Knackered. I'm going to nut punch you till you're knackered. <laughs> Or it might be the firm piece you find after you've been executed. Right. So that's that's today's story, everyone. Cracker. All right, then. Yeah. Shall we explore our sentencing for this? Yeah, so there is your... You, you've heard your crime or crimes. You've heard how they were sentenced. Uh, you should now pick your own crime uh, within that story and sentence appropriately. Well, I'll go first while Carly you think about it because um, <laughs> well, Clarky Carly, gave me silent going. No, 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 because hmm. Clarky gave me some good ideas about it, and um, uh, yes, sorry, as we Mark. as we alluded to earlier, I do work in the education space. Not going to mention my employer. However, there is a lot of compliance around education, particularly in Victoria, oh, everywhere actually in Australia. And um, I'm not sure that ASQA, who are the Australian Skills Quality Authority, would have been okay with uh, the shaman school of no regret that these people went to. Can I, sorry, can I just interrupt? Do you think ASQA would say, um, no, to the school of shaman? Or would they say, um, yes? <laughs> oh, I'm pretty confident that ASQA would say, um, no. No, we're not having any of this. I'm not sure about that. I'm not from the education space, Schmitty, but I would say that I think that, you know, they look at the education space in a different way than they used to. It used to be very academic and now that, you know, there's more of a sway to sort of things that are more vocational. And I think they want to give people more opportunities. So I think if, you know, shamanism is a thing that people, you know, started to pursue as a career, they would just want to make sure there were correct boundaries and, you know, there was a mm. curriculum in place so that they could actually mm. manage it. I, I think that, you know... Perhaps they would say no, but perhaps in the right circumstances and the right um, framework that potentially they might consider it. So they might say, um, maybe. <laughs> they might do. They might do. Don't if I go. went on training.gov.au and, and I had a look at the core and elective units <laughs> yes. of shamanism, I'm betting Correct. that yes. beheading is probably not <laughs> an accredited unit <laughs> in uh the Certificate 3 yes, Shamanism, yes, yes. I'm just going to make up a code for that, SHA4417, whatever. Uh, I doubt that there would be yeah. a, uh, a a unit that says when, when someone is waiting for coins to fall from the heavens, from the cut their head off. Yeah, I, yes. I don't think that is part of the accredited training That's package. Why I think it's important that there is the, <laughs> this, the rules. I think you're quite right. And I mm. think if they were very clear about what all the units were, then, you know, perhaps it's something that would help the entire industry. That, that may yeah, yeah, no, it's all about reputation. 101. 
It could be shaman. Oh no, I think that's an advanced diploma. It's an advanced diploma. It's an advanced diploma. Yeah, but then you've you've crossed Stop boundaries it. because now you're talking about a um a th- now you're talking about a higher education qualification, which is is regulated slightly different to so what I'm talking I'm about. More a few days theory and a little bit of prac work, you know. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh please don't undervalue. Please don't undervalue the vocational education space. I think you find that we need at least twenty hours no. around this unit which is whether or not in an advanced diploma, whether or not when to behead or when not to behead. And uh, I'm pretty sure that you should never behead. Yeah, 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 never behead. So I would say that uh, the School of Mona, (laughs) all right, up for debate for Paul, but, but, you know, spending a lot of time in this space, I'm pretty sure that, Occupational health and safety is pretty important in these in these things, and and we want to make sure that our apprentices and students are safe. There's a lot of blood when you behead someone, and there's a lot of mm, PPE. You know, gotta have gotta gotta have the, the beheading is a legitimate way to kill chickens on a farm. It's probably also a legitimate way to kill chickens in the context of shamanism, right? So shamans will, on occasion, I'm sure, kill a chicken cut its entrails out, throw them on the ground and see what they're telling you for a chicken. But I'm not sure it extends to a human being. Okay, so if I was doing this from a regulator's perspective, I would do an audit and uh, I would determine the failings of the audit and then I would uh, fine the registered training organisation for inappropriate or non-compliant behaviour. So what was it, two and a half million... What were the uh, ringgit? units of ringgits? Ringgit. 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 Thank ringgit. you. Yeah, ringgit, 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 ringgit. So if it was two and a half million ringgit that they were making out of this course, I would find them 10 million ringgit. ringgit. And uh, oh. that is for inappropriate and non-compliant RTO behaviour. And there's my sentence. As weak and ridiculous as it is. <laughs> But so, remember at the start when you tried to guess the crime based on the music and you both did such an exceptional job of it, yeah. Schmidty, one of yours was yeah. fraud. So what if she actually yeah. never, ever got her advanced diploma in shamanism but just said she did? Is there a, <laughs> is there a crime, oh, sorry, is there a punishment that you give to people who say that they've had a TAFE education when they haven't? You, you should at least get 300 hours of boring lectures as punishment if you say that you've got an education when you haven't, surely. Just for all those people who had to go through those boring lectures to get that education in the first place, like, no one enjoys that. Yeah, but I think when people um, claim education or claim uh, qualifications that they don't have, there's not necessarily a... A specific, you know, punishment for that. I think that you are discredited. No, but they, they claim and... to. Well, yeah, you should definitely be. But Mona's already discredited. I feel like though you could. <laughs> Mona's a dickhead. If you, say you've yeah. had, you, if you say you've got the education, then you're saying that you've gone through the lectures, but you haven't really. And if you have, you haven't paid yep. attention, which I'm also okay with. But you've also got to then pass the test if there is one. But I feel like she should just get. 
if it was that she didn't go to school of shaman and passed, then she should do a lot of um, boring shaman mm. lectures. She's got to do a lot of theoretical work, yeah. Really boring theoretical work. She's probably got to work on Moodle, which is the open place, uh, sorry, open source uh, education platform. You know, you got to work on Moodle. Uh, you got to waste a lot of time, and at the end of it, we just say you fail anyway because you're a loser. Well, that's that's Mona done. My punishment is a little bit simpler. Yes, go. I thought what I would like to do is I would like to take it a step back so that we could have avoided the uh, beheading because that I find that a little too much, entirely disturbing. Yeah, a little, a little, a little too much, but. I was thinking if we could take a step back and we could look at the politician who was corrupt yeah. and Mona and Mo and the little, you know, effeminate assistant, I thought, seeing as though they were all talking I'm so sorry. much shit. There was no evidence that he was effeminate. <laughs> no one said that he was gay. <laughs> no. Or no, effeminate. No, no, no. Sorry, because gay doesn't mean effeminate no. either. Before I get the emails, you know. just like a real doer. I disagree. He, he wanted the spotlight as much as Mona, and that's why they got along so well, you see. I disagree. It's just because a Mona was, you know, she wanted to star. It was an I aspect. You didn't know heard. that. It was a school-based apprenticeship. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I clearly heard that he was a gay assistant during the uh, the recording of this. Now, that's enough fact for trial by wine. <laughs> Don't get carried away. Thank you, Stay on I may have dealt on his character development a little bit through this episode so that I've been building his character and, yeah. you know, I it's all for the telly movie. It's a, li um, a little bit like um, it's my Guatemalanese, it's my natural hit. Yeah, precisely. You know, he's a little sidekick. I like him. He's a great, he's got good. He's good with an axe, that's for sure. So I... <laughs> you know, you know. Yes, unfortunately. So I, w I want to stop it before it gets to that. You know how in TV where they say cut, cut. I feel like he got the sign wrong and just went. He misunderstood. Whoopa! Oh, you're gone, bitch. It's so enthusiastic. So what I was thinking of doing: the corrupt politician, Mona, Mo, and the assistant. Yes. Because they were they were already part of this sort of very underhand dealing, corruption, fraud. Uh, and you know, they were all misrepresenting themselves and talking a lot of shit. I thought what we could do is was bring in the New Zealand caravan that you talked about at the opening of the episode <laughs> oh. and force feed them, not from the fuel line, oh, and yeah. <laughs> the to give them yeah. a taste, a very rich taste of their own medicine. After a couple of zingers and that, sh that curry that Schmidty was talking about, and if they can deal with oh, that, I've got a whole sure poo budge. I've got a whole poo budge that we can feed them. <laughs> yes, have a swim in that. I couldn't remember where in New Zealand the caravan was. Can you recall that, Clarky? Or it was Auckland. Auckland. Well, that's where the story came from. Yeah, caravan park, whatever. Effluent. Yeah. <laughs> Very effluent. They are. They are. <laughs> you are effluent, Kimmy. You're so affluent, yes. That thing, she wants to be affluent, our yeah. dear Mona. We'll show her how that yes. her lying and sorcery can get her. She'll become affluent. Yes. So there you go. That's my punishment. Dole out a bit of caffeine on her. Hopefully. I would hope that that would 
set them all on the right path and then they would not have to murder someone, which I just, you know, doesn't sit comfortably just with don't me. don't agree with. Yeah. <laughs> no. Especially when she's so comfortable with it. I mean, she's obviously an absolute piece of work. Yeah. Mm. Piece of work being code for sociopath. But okay. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, yeah. yeah. Piece and, of work. And he's an eight. Yeah. He's an murdering. Yeah. Narcissistic psychopath. Yes, and yeah. uh, our victim is a eighteen piece of work. Oh, oh yes, then. eighteen piece pack. I'd say. Too far. <laughs> is that like Kentucky Fried Bucket? That's <laughs> an eighteen piece bucket. Yeah. Oh, it's stop it. it. That's an eighteen. <laughs> Oh, no. I hope it's hot and spicy. All right, Clarky. Oh, God. It was Malaysia. Of course it's hot and spicy. I've given no thought at all to crimes or punishment with this um, for for no good reason other than I just haven't. So let me just give a a little bit of a think about what possible crimes could be because, you know, I'm I'm not cool with going to see a shaman in the first place, let alone going to see a shaman who you owe money to because you made a deal with them and you then didn't come through with your part of it. So, I don't, I don't know. I, I know that's not a crime, and I know that a suitable punishment for that is not being cut up into a KFC bucket. But yeah, like you duped a liar. Yeah. I mean, how is like it's it's a neutral crime, isn't it? Like I didn't pay for services not really rendered because they were talking shit. Well, well, no, there is that, but also it's a like an escalating crime then because. You know, they are not people that you want to be associated with anyway. And then if you've done wrong by them, are they just going to go, oh, well, now we're even? Or are they going to go, come over and we'll make mm. money fall from the sky? But in fact, it'll be the gay bloke. Yeah, well, he shouldn't have it. gone over because he was really stupid. But yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I feel like also if you're lawyers of people who are... What did they say about that poor bloke? He was something and not intelligent or whatever. He wasn't clever. Yeah, a bit... He was misled as fuck, I think is the correct term. Intellectually disabled, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with misled as fuck Mm -hmm. because that that conjures up less images of... um, people who are just challenged in life generally. So poor bloke, I, I mm. feel like he needs to have a sentence on Mona and Mo because, you know, he's died because he did his internship in shaman shamanism or shamanistic <laughs> shamanism. Is that a... Cert, cert three shamanism. He did the certificate no, three shamanism. Like, um, it's sham... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it also needs to have like a shamanistic cert three in shamanism because there's actually nothing about it that is going to make you correct. Yeah, have any kind of shaman power. So it's it's like a fraudulent cert three in fraud or something. <laughs> when when I'm at work, they're talking about a hypothetical course, and they say it's sh- cert three. Basket weaving. From here on out, I'm going to start saying, you mean there's cert three shamanism? Yeah, that's our new hypothetical course. That's much better. Yes. There you go. Well done. Comes with bonus (laughs) courses. Maybe I'm not going to come up with a sentence, but maybe just some solid advice that 
if you're going to be a shaman who's going to no if you're going to be a pop singer who then is going to go on to other careers australia is a good place to do that because we've seen that on a number of um <laughs> occasions in fact we just heard christine arnu on the radio today so uh, that was really lovely all right yeah yeah so she's a, a now a radio announcer uh but if you're she? yeah 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 fantastic but if you're gonna be mm. someone and sing songs like diana and then go <laughs> this is not for me diana! and then become a shamanistic shaman and your e's are actually bad not good and then you're going to murder someone and murder from the um no party mandatory death from the um no party correct not the um maybe party or the um yes party if if that comes with a mandatory death sentence just don't do that in malaysia for fuck's sake like go somewhere else well, just don't do it anywhere those... frankly no no no, well, well, no, I, I, yeah, no. or maybe uh, no yes no no your point is spot on maybe what i should be saying is if you're going to do that and that's going to be your career path go to malaysia because they will treat you as you should be treated so maybe all of mm. our failed pop singers should be sent to malaysia just in case <laughs> Or maybe all of our failed shamans should be sent to Malaysia just in case. And that way, it'll never lead to murder. And if it does, they will never have the opportunity to release a single again because they'll be dead. Yeah. Or they should do cert three basket right. weaving. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So at least cert three in debt collecting that doesn't involve yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Down. oh yeah absolutely right absolutely right there was no need for that oh Paul as per usual cracking story excellent work oh thank you it was a, it was them, that's for sure I was worried that that wasn't. Yeah, I was worried that wasn't going to be good enough, but just I just thought, oh, will it work? Won't it work? Chuck it in. It's probably a conversation. Oh for no, after. Diana was very had so many facets. How could that not be good enough? No, you know, sorry, you've got Mona, a failed pop singer, you've got a woman named Mona, you've got a beheading and a KFC bucket of eighteen pieces. You've got a, a special needs person who did that Hassan chop. You've got shamanism. Oh, I mean, you brought it all to the table. Well, that doesn't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not relating the two factors. I am not relating the two factors. And by the way, I don't. No one proved to me he was gay. That's just what you two said. Just saying. So you two Hang can on, deal but, with the complaint. Oh, no, mail, I totally made that up. No, but but nobody said that he was uh, he was dumb other than some lawyer, and they speak shit anyway. And his own lawyer, that. his defence lawyer, his own defence lawyer said well, he was intellectually not good. That is his defence. Can, can you believe that? Correct. He was a bit dumb. I can. He cut someone's head off for no apparent reason. I can. <laughs> oh my god, Clarkie, such a good story. I feel sorry for the Hassan Chop, 
But Mona and her husband, whatever. Anyway, thanks very much. And as per usual, miss you already, my darlings. Miss, miss you already. More. Love you long time. Yeah. Great episode. Cheers, Thank Carla. You. Until next See time. See you later. You Bye. guys rock. Bye. Ciao. Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com, Trial by Wine. Or visit our website, www.trialbywine.com, to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com. Mm-hmm.